Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is VV. Oh, God. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, is that a Death Stranding reference? It, I think it is, right? Isn't that what the baby's called in Death Stranding? It is. It okay. is. Um, just for, well, since you opened that can of worms, you opened this rift into the realm of the dead. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I think we're both really excited for this month. We tweeted about it, but um, the next few weeks we we don't normally plan this far in advance, which is why I think we're like announcing it. Yeah. Um, but pretty much it's that time of year where like all the big stuff is coming out. And next week, I believe, is going to be Pokemon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sword I think you guys, you and I are planning on picking it up as soon as it comes out and like just essentially binge playing it and then recording on <laughs> Sunday as we normally do. So like all yeah. so, kind of like when Fire Emblem first came out and you and I just oh, like God. played it for somehow 30 hours within a span of 24 time, hours. <laughs> time slowed down. Gravity was harsher. Yeah. yeah. That was unbelievable. That's like the first time in a while where like I like unconsciously woke up at four and I was like, I guess I can play more of this. <laughs> it's like, oh. um, if I yeah. played hours, there will only be noon and I could still get groceries. <laughs> uh, that's how I sounded when I was binge playing Blue Lions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next episode is going to be Pokemon. Really excited about that. Uh, yeah. Episode after that is Death Stranding, right? Yeah, I think, I think and, it's that one. Yeah. We're also doing a bonus episode this month, uh, which we shared online, but we're going to do Stardew Valley uh, this month for a bonus episode. To Seasonally appropriate, yeah. Seasonally appropriate. Um, and also, uh, just real quick, since we're on topic, if any of you have any questions uh, you'd like us to answer in that episode, we did we did kind of a fun segment in the Fire Emblem bonus episode where people asked us, like, what order uh, of houses do you think is the best? Like, who are your favorite characters? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, anything you would think would be an interesting uh, talking point or anything you want to ask us directly, feel free to send that to us any way you want to. You can DM us. You can email us at intotheaetherpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could just, you know, uh, in the Discord post there, as many have done. We already have a pretty uh, good amount of awesome questions. I'm really happy to see that. Yeah, very cool. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Yeah, so that's that's this month. Uh, it looks it looks bright. I'm really excited. Yeah, so just worth noting, like, this is not our Death Stranding episode. Uh, game just came out. You haven't played it that much. I haven't played it at all yet. Um, I think we both wanted to get, like, a lot of time with it first. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about, like, six hours in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I my friend Eric, if you're listening, hello. He had a group of people over to experience the game together, which I honestly would recommend doing if you're curious. That sounds about fun, it, yeah. Um, for many reasons, but we basically played the first two hours together, and that like, well, I'll save how I feel, but I will say I'm really enjoying it, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to talk about it with you. So yeah, um, basically, I then went back the next day to my copy of the game and like caught up with that, and I'm a little bit past that, so I'm still like within the first ten hours, but. But um, the world is like starting to open up in a way. So yeah. that will be what we talk about in a couple weeks. What a 
huge 180 for us from being like, dude, do not care about this game. Like, neither of us have really gotten super into Kojima stuff in the past. Like, just I, you played some Snake Eater as you talked about, but like, yeah, I mean, I've always how wild that to. the reviews dropped for this game and you and I were both like, oops, we're fully in now. <laughs> it was, but the reviews also have been like equally like positively ambiguous, you know? Like, That's why I wanted it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, the, the fact um, that it is so divisive, I think, is, is kind of a testament to like it maybe actually being like great art, you know? Yeah. For, I mean, that's, and all I'll say now is that. This time last year, the big AAA game that was like being broadcast in this capacity was Red Dead 2. And nothing against oh, yeah. that game. <laughs> Red Dead 2 did a lot of stuff really well. But that is that is like, you know, corporate checklist of like, we're going to make the biggest thing ever, you know? And like, that's kind of mm-hmm. how it was advertised. It was like, this is the biggest open RPG world where you can do anything and like things, you know, and, and they... The thing is, that was one of the few games that actually succeeded in doing what it promised. Yeah, um, we could talk almost more to its about, detriment, like, right? I, I recall our, our I would absolutely say to its detriment. That. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a cool game. I didn't really give it a lot of my time, but like that was the game that was being broadcasted, and we now know a lot of stories about just corporate burnout there, developers working insane hours to get yeah. that game out. We've had more and more horror stories about that. So like that. That just kind of left a bad impression, a bad taste in my mouth for that game. Again, I do think there are things that it does really well. It was in my top 10 last year. But I say all that because this is a game about someone who has broken free of of the corporate restraints and has made the least marketable thing of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So just that alone, I think is worth celebrating. Obviously he's someone who has the resources to do this. Like that's, you can't ignore that. Right. But at the same time, like it feels like an incredibly personal work that is being put in the spotlight the same way like a giant rock star product was so i think that's a really interesting sign and a cool direction for games to go in yeah honestly. i'm so so excited to play it. it it is just like hauntingly sitting on my bedside table <laughs> every time every time i climb into bed i look at norman Reedus and i think soon i mean soon who buddy. doesn't yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, there's a little bit of a teaser for the Death Stranding episode. I'm so excited to talk about it. And, yeah, I cannot believe, like, truth be told, I thought I was going to go in and, like, have, like, a positive experience, but maybe, like, not feel fully invested in it. And, like, I can't stress how much it's got a grip on me at this point. Um, yeah. Anyway. That aside, uh, I don't want to hype the it up. The hours we're spending recording this podcast are hours <laughs> that I can't play Death Stranding. <laughs> like that's as as deep in as my my head has gotten into like my my desire to play it right now. I, I uh, am, uh, yeah, I, I I like, and I was I was hoping that I would eat my words because we have gone on record so many times being like, eh, whatever, like I don't care. Mm-hmm. Not in like a like put me rug. I don't want you know. Not in that kind of way, but like just like I truly didn't know what to be excited about. Um, yeah. So anyway. Really, yeah, I mean, I, I've really I, cool. I have that experience a lot on this show, right? Downloading Call of Duty Mobile and like, whoops, that was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I clicked a link in an email I got that said you may be a winner, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. Wow, I love video uh, games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so that's what's ahead of us next week is Pokemon. The week after that is Death Stranding and Stardew Valley. This might be like our best month ever. Like, I'm worried about <laughs> peaking, honestly. Uh, but um yeah so we're really really excited about uh, what's to come yeah uh, and then if, not to say the least of all uh in december we'll be doing our game of the year episode at the end of the month so yeah um, we had some cool ideas for other exciting. december stuff which we'll talk about at some point um but today's episode 
yeah, let's uh, talk about a video game that I am uh, play playing is the word still for sweating it. Sweating too. Sweating too. Yes. Uh, I finally got Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo yes. Switch. I I'm so excited. As soon as it came out, I really wanted it, uh, but was kind of unsure. And then a whole bunch of people in Discord got it like almost immediately and just kind of yeah. started singing his praises. So I went to Florida. Um, and while I was in Florida, I thought, I'm going to order this. So by the time I get home, it'll be there so I can check it out. And cool. it was sold out, which is wild. Um, so I ordered it anyway. And Amazon was just like, we will send it to your house like whenever we can, essentially. Um, mm. So I just got it this week. I've done it three times now. Um, I've done like three uh worlds i'll explain uh but like i've done three sessions of <laughs> ring fit adventure so far and um i am so blown away by it uh having played like we fit and stuff like that like this is just on a completely different level this is like yeah. the we fit idea taken to its logical nintendo conclusion not a logical conclusion <laughs> i want to make the that logical extremely nintendo clear <laughs> yeah for sure how much do you know about what this actual game is so actually, uh, a good friend of ours, Dom, reviewed this game. Yes. Uh, uh, so I read his review, which was which was great. Um, Blowing. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what he said and what a lot of people have said is that it's oddly an in-depth RPG. Like, so it's basically it. You get this like uh, ring device that you like bend and use as like the central equipment for your workout, and you have to do like actual workout routines to like move around and fight enemies. And yeah. It's all to like this image of this. A uh, young woman with like a fire ponytail mm -hmm. uh, who seems like We Fit Trainer went Super Saiyan is kind of how I would describe yeah. oh, her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, following the Nintendo logical conclusion. Uh, so you play as her, I believe, and you just work out and fight monsters and level up. Right. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. So the game essentially is, uh, it, it's worth noting, it comes with this big peripheral. It is an actual ring, for those of you who haven't seen it. It is like an actual uh, resistance training ring. It has some handles on the side and uh, a thing on the top that you slide one of the Joy-Cons into. And it uses that, it uses the accelerometer in the Joy-Con um, to, to be able to tell what you're doing and how you're holding it and where you're, where you're holding it in the space around you. Because you like calibrate it before you do anything. So it kind of knows oh, okay. where in space you're holding it. And it also is aware of I think based on the infrared being able to like bounce back and forth between the edge of the ring and back is able to tell how hard you're squeezing the ring itself as well which is cool and then the other piece that you get is a leg strap it goes like on your thigh where another Joy-Con goes and that is also using the accelerometer to tell like are you vertical are you uh, horizontal like are you lying on the ground like where are you in space versus where's the ring in space which is really interesting they use the Joy-Cons I think better than anything ever has really with maybe the exception mm. of that one two switch game that came out that was just like oh a my tech God. demo for joy cons <laughs> I thought that was a dream i had i forgot that was a thing yeah, yeah. um yeah. the wildest thing that i i'm just front loading this information here because it, i'm still blown away by it but the wildest thing is that when you're done with uh when you're done with sessions it'll scan your heart rate it'll check your heart rate by placing your thumb over the infrared scanner on the joy con and then it will literally like scan your bloodstream through your thumb uh, to figure out what your heart rate is and then adjust the wow. difficulty of the game and the intensity of the game according to that, which is like an extremely cool and surprising technological advancement that just seems yeah. so like snuck into this goofy We Fit Trainer has gone Super Saiyan, uh, big bodybuilding dragon kind of game. 
Yeah, um, that feels like something that actual like workout machinery should be equipped with, but it's instead in the Switch. It's it's the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Yeah, uh, wow. totally wild. I, I was I was blown away by that. But yeah, the, the game um, the game opens up with with. Uh, you make a character and all that stuff. Well, I guess it's actually for, worth noting. First, as soon as you turn it on, it asks you a bunch of questions. Uh, that's like, how often do you work out? You know, how tall are you? All, all this stuff. How old are you? Like, they just like go through all the like classic questions that they would ask uh, if you were doing any kind of exercise routine. Uh, what's your backstory? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah what? Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your RPG backstory? Um, well, I'm a Dickensian orphan, uh, and I can breathe fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both yeah. my parents were bards, but they passed away, so I maybe have like a an element of of musicality within me. I have this um, scar that looks like the crescent moon. Um, <laughs> I'm really good with a bow. What it else glows on the thirtieth of every month. Yeah, I'm um, the universal don- universal donor. Anyway, this joke is over. <laughs> it Let's is over. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend. Because I've seen a lot of people talk about this online, I would recommend being extremely honest about uh, your actual exercise levels ahead of time. Because I think a lot of people think, okay, uh, I don't really exercise, but like maybe I walk a lot or something. And they'll say like, okay, I'm going to go one level above, like I don't exercise at all. And if you do that, this game's going to fuck you up. This game's going to like really fuck you up. Call your bluff. Yeah. Yes. I I was extremely honest about how much I exercise, which is not. And I ended up going through the first level, uh, which it's worth noting, like the, the game opens up with uh, you as, as this person uh, walking through a forest and finding a ring on the ground uh, that has like a lock on it. Uh, and it asks you, to pick it up and then you're actually holding the your own ring it asks you to pull it as hard as you can and when you do that you snap the lock off and you free a large bodybuilding dragon named drago uh who if you haven't seen pictures i'm sure either he will somehow make his way onto the cover art for this episode of the podcast (laughs) or just like go look him up online because oh my god what an incredible character design um he reminds me a lot of you if you were a bodybuilder what in ways <laughs> some of some of his actions Wait. are so wild why does he remind you of me give me give me one second and i, okay. I will show you <laughs> i need a visual aid for this i googled him i'm honestly i'm, I'm flattered i guess he he has some mannerisms every once in a while that just remind me of you like strutting around like doing your stephen hilger thing um, <laughs> i strut around i guess maybe you My know you strut. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess so. No? A true okay. strut doesn't realize it's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what they say. That's um. what Drago says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like beat red. You Like that was the most nice thing you've ever said to me. What was? That I look like a bodybuilding dragon. That rules. That's like my ideal vibe. Uh, yeah, this, hey, maybe Ring Fit Adventure is for you, Steven. Oh, wow. But then I'm the villain. <laughs> I'm the villain of Ring Fit Adventure. Is it, I want to send you uh, a picture on Skype and ask if this is the vibe you're getting from me. Yes, that is exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, after doing some research for the listener to find out what kind of vibe uh, Drago is giving off that reminds Brendan of me. It's <laughs> the second Google image result for knowyourmeme.com where Drago is flexing and smiling and there's text that says he's working out comfortably. Yes. I love that. Yes. Cool. Uh, he's great. He's a great character, but he is also the villain. Um, 
unclear how he's a villain. Um, there seems to be some kind of some kind of story reason where if he becomes stronger and more fit. Uh, the world will end or something along yeah. those lines. It almost doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I was mean? told that at a young age as well. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the game lives or dies by the story. If I'm being <laughs> completely honest. Um, so you're not here for the, uh, for the narrative reasons. Not really. No, but you free him, um, accidentally. Uh, and that leaves the ring behind and the ring has a face on it and its name is ring. Uh, it is a character named ring who is your personal trainer and is going to train you so you can beat Drago, is the idea. Uh, and and that involves essentially going through, uh, they kind of look like temple run levels in a way. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Just like running through temple run levels. And the way you run, there are two ways, depending on the settings that you, that you de- uh, decide on. One of them is you're like literally like running in place while holding the ring and it can sense that movement. Um, and then you're running through the environment, which is very cool. So you're just like running in place. And the higher you lift your knees, like if you start doing like knee highs, uh, you'll start to run even faster, uh, which is cool. So you can like actually adjust your your running speed. Um, the second method is the one that I'm doing because I am on the second floor of an apartment. And this is actually one of the reasons I was most excited about this game, that they built in a silent mode. So you're not like disturbed the people who live below you or whatever wow. or like if you just need to be quiet and do it in the morning or something there's a second mode and what that pretty much equates to is doing like short squats to start mm. running through the game um and then the deeper you squat is the faster you run um, probably a better workout too actually it might be honestly yeah. i mean it it is like not easy i will say well, that different much. at least Different. Yeah. Um yeah. so that's how you run through the environment and you're just running in a straight line. It like really is it's it's on rails. So like as long as you're doing the the motion you are moving. Um and while that's happening there are also like coins all over the place and like boxes you can bust open and stuff. And you bust those open by squeezing the ring and it shoots out like a gust of air, which is that's fun. Amazing. Um yeah. And then there will be like gaps in the floor and things like that. So like if you build up some speed and then aim the ring downwards and then squeeze it, you'll like shoot a gust of air and like float through the air, which is really cool. Yeah. So they're, they're like actually building in a lot of like actual resistance training stuff into just the like general movement of the game, which is really cool. And over the course of these levels, you'll like just go through and and uh, some of them are straight up just running and just squeezing the ring and that's it. And then the other ones uh, will confront you with enemies and monsters that you'll have to fight, which is when this game gets really wild because they pop up and they all have a color scheme and then you can do certain things depending on the color that they are. And I'll get into that. But essentially what happens in combat is it's turn-based RPG combat in this exercise game for the Switch <laughs> in which on the bottom of the of the screen you have a collection of your attacks in the same way that you would in a Final Fantasy or anything else but the way that you pull off those attacks is by doing actual exercises so for example it might be like crunches like you'll have to do crunches and you'll have to literally get on the ground and then timed to uh whatever's happening on screen do these crunches and it is giving you like tips on how to like do them you know in a a more optimized way so you're getting the best actual workout out of them and stuff like that um and you'll do a whole bunch of them and then it'll say okay do this now but faster uh and then you'll like do a bunch of reps and then that will Every time you do a crunch in that scenario will be you doing an attack to that monster. And then when you're done with the amount of reps that they want you to do, the monster will then attack you and you guard yourself by literally holding the ring and then pushing it into your own abs 
Um, it's it's like they call it the ab guard. Um, and depending on how strong you hold that guard and how, how hard you, you hold it um, is how much damage you will or will not take, which is interesting. Wow. So that, that's the back and forth of combat is like choosing one of the many, many, many attacks that you're given. Uh, in the beginning, there's almost none. I think there's four or five, but you very quickly unlock them as you start to level up. Um, but you choose these attacks and you choose these uh, exercises and then you do them and then you do damage and then you ab guard back and forth until the monster is dead. And then you continue running through the environment. You continue, uh, in my case, doing like my little squat thing um, as I run around. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they just keep throwing monsters at you and they keep throwing stuff at you. Um, and that that will constitute like one level and a world is four levels. So you will kind of just like run and fight monsters, run and fight monsters, run and fight monsters. Um, at the end of all of those levels, you will get your uh your heart rate scanned by the by the thing and then it will adjust the difficulty of the game according to that like it will literally tell you like okay your heartbeat is like a little bit faster than normal but it's not too bad which means that that was like a pretty good exercise so we're just gonna like leave it here for now or like that was definitely harder than we intended it for it to be so like next time we're gonna take it a little bit easier mm. uh which cool. is really cool the fourth level in a world is fighting drago as a as a boss fight <laughs> <laughs> and it opens with just a huge staircase. And when there's a staircase, you have to do like in in, uh, in silent mode for me, like really deep squats uh, to climb stairs. Or in, in the event that you're not doing silent mode, you'd have to do like knee highs to like really climb up the stairs. And the staircase is gigantic. It is so big. <laughs> Uh, and then when you make it so to the just to get up to him, you have to do like a pretty intense workout. Yes. And when yeah, you make it to the amazing. top, he's there just doing one arm pushups and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then gets all upset because, you know, Ring was his personal trainer, but now it's yours. Oh, so he's jealous. Yeah. He, he has a little bit yeah. of jealousy about him because he's like, oh, man, I got so I, I got so unfit. Uh, I, I like slacked off while I was trapped in that ring. Uh, so now I have to build my power back up. And then you do an extremely long version of like a regular combat, but against Drago because he has a shitload of health. Um, so you're just doing like a ton of exercises over and over again. And every once in a while, he'll attack you and you have to do the ab guard. And every once in a while, he'll just like kind of go in like a peacock pose. And then that's the the image that we were talking about before where it just says... <laughs> Uh, what he's working out comfortably. he's working out comfortably yeah uh it's so good it is so good everything about this game is is so like clean and refined and and well thought out like there is not a single bit of this game that seems um superfluous in any way like even down to uh the the movement of menus like just going and selecting things in menus, you literally have to like turn the ring back and forth and you have to be standing up. Like you need to be active the whole time you're playing it, uh, which is really cool, honestly. Like I expected yeah. to just like, you know, use the D-pad or whatever on the Joy-Con, but like they are really, really forcing you to to engage with the ring at all times. And then there are other modes that you can go into. There's like, if you just want to do exercises, they have those built in. Um, they have like a quick play thing that's just like, it'll throw a level at you, uh, I believe. I, I haven't done it yet, but I think that's what it is. But there's also this story mode that you can go through like as many times as you want and like a session i would say is probably like a world um mm. it's just like doing four levels in a row because each level takes like between two to five minutes i would say so like by the end of that you're at like 
you know, 20 to a half hour. So once you beat the story, is there like a free play mode or something where you could just like basically like work out? Or if you wanted to keep playing, would you just have to start from the beginning again? Yeah, I, I think if that if your preferred method, like between just picking exercises from the list and just doing them or doing the quick play mode, if you don't like either of those and you really like doing story, I imagine you could just start it over from the beginning again. But I haven't oh, gotten okay. to the end of it yet. Um, but there is a mode that's separate from the story. Yeah, there, there's the two separate modes. Yeah. Oh, OK, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, knowing me, I would definitely at least want to experience the story once. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, all I'm doing right now. I just I just yeah. need to. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I was curious about getting it. It was a little bit. Um, there's so much coming out that like one realistically has to budget what they're getting. Um, yeah. And that plus the ring is like a little bit pricier, right? It's yeah. Like $80 it's 80 right? total, which is actually yeah. not as expensive as I expected it to be given what's going on there. Um, sure. But it is, I it guess is I still just, like not exactly yeah. a cheap thing but also like for me i've been uh on a quote-unquote health journey um and and part of that included like me needing to get into the habit of exercising and this is the thing that i've been talking to people about which is like I, I don't really have time to do it currently. Like, I know a lot of people say that and it's like, oh, I don't have any time. It's like, I really like I wake up at 6 a.m. to get to work by like around nine uh, and then I get home again around like eight or nine p.m. Uh, and at that point, it's like I already want to go to sleep because I've been working commuting for most of my day. So like I don't really have a whole lot of time to to work out or anything. So like the idea that I could come home from work and then like throw on ring fit and do like a half an hour thing in my own house just to get into the habit of it is really nice like i'm not expecting yeah. ring fit to be the end all be all of my like exercise life right like it's no, but I think... it's more of a habit builder for me and eventually i think when i figure out a way to free up some time in my day or like uh, shorten my commute or any of the above uh, i'll have that habit already so it'll be easier to pick up you know yeah. the next thing so i i've kind of been on both sides of it where like in college there was a pretty large chunk of my day that was devoted to like um i jog a lot i still do yeah um but like i fell out of it for a while um like in college you have the luxury of having a bit more time so like going to the gym i i had a bodybuilder housemate who thankfully could like show me around um right and like he was doing stuff i couldn't even fathom <laughs> you know it's like yeah doing one-arm push-ups up a giant staircase but uh i think i i was under i also went through probably like two and a half years of like not doing anything um whenever i did it felt like there was either a sense of urgency or a sense of like an unconscious atonement you know where i'm like oh mm -hmm. i have to like and and that's what i think you know i mean there's a lot there's a lot connected uh psychologically and emotionally to exercise you know yeah oh, um, absolutely. i think that there's a lot going on there um so i'm only speaking from my experience but like i definitely felt hesitant to get back into it because it felt like uh it felt like a punishment basically you yeah know? but something about this past year i uh it was a really nice spring and i and i started i started jogging again and it kind of was this like eureka moment of like, oh, I like this and it's time that's like just devoted to me about me that's separate from everything else. Mm. And again, it's like once you make that a ritual and once you realize that like and I think I, I'm a, under the strong belief that everyone has like the exercise that kind of works for them. Like for me, it's jogging. A lot of people despise jogging and yeah. I get it. I, yeah, um, I, I can't. 
Uh, whereas other people like really, f I think I would love yoga. I, I haven't got into it, but a lot of people were like yoga, like there's like explore what works for you. Cause I've really found it more than anything. That's like psychologically refreshing to have that ritual. That's like just about me and like doing that one thing. And it's not about losing weight or, you know, anything. It's just about being healthy and about kind of like celebrating yourself in a way. Yeah. That was always that we, me with swimming yeah. for kind of similar reasons. Yeah, like I just yeah. really love swimming and it, it's just great that like doing laps also has like an extremely wonderful health benefit um, sure but like I, I just remember even back in high school because i used to swim competitively like from a really really young age all the way through oh, high school cool. i know that um but i just remember the pool swimming back and forth was just more of like a meditative thing than it was anything else like it was really just yeah. like a head clearing like go over everything that's going on in my life kind of space and that's kind of what i want to go back to and it's just funny that like my my way into that is this extremely extremely wild <laughs> rpg for the yeah. nintendo switch but like i see this already in the first couple sessions as like a gateway back to that um yeah which, and and for that reason, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I'm I like think just so having time, like I said, having time that's about you, that's at whatever level you're comfortable with, that's separate from either like working on something or like digesting like media or in any way. Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's just about you. It's not about any kind of end goal. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really valuable. Um, and it's good for you in all ways. Yeah. So huge fan i'm glad that this game is like letting you realize that because obviously this game sounds like it's at a level where it's probably not like a sustainable thing to do this all the time right um or maybe it is yeah like it maybe, might be honestly i'm yeah, not really yeah. sure i think i think that it really is gonna, obviously anything exercise related is going to depend on the person but i think this sure. in particular is really going to depend on the person like this I might actually think, be enough for yeah. some people who are like just looking to like break a sweat and like have a fun time you know yeah um, yeah what i meant by sustainable is i think sometimes there's a tendency to like try to go all in and then like be like oh I hate this I'm never doing it again oh, kind yeah. of thing yeah you know it, with exercise so I think it's like important just to like jump in at wh whatever works for you and your schedule right and it sounds like the game is tailor making itself to everyone based on an individual requirement which is really cool yeah um sick there is also a thing that i i haven't tried but i do want to mention uh that is an alarm it's like an exercise alarm that you can set uh -huh. on the thing and it will wake it it will wake the switch up from sleep mode to tell you it's time to exercise i don't know how that works but i kind of want to turn it on just to see uh because i wonder Does drago yell at you yeah like i gotta know i gotta know what how that plays out that's amazing i want that with other games too like i want luigi to wake me up you know <laughs> hello <laughs> wake up wake up <laughs> Mario, <laughs> Steven. Or I just want like a blah, 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 from Donkey Kong. I'm, like, okay, I'm up. I'm up. I am up. Oh, thank you, Donkey Kong. Thank you. DK. Oh God, it's six. The sun's not up. Anyway, I just did a really Drago-esque stretch, didn't I? I do strut. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you have Drago um, energy, Steven. I have Drago energy. Thank you. You have ring energy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh yuck. You just sent me that picture again. Oh, I that sent it to you when we were talking about it. I know, but it just popped up the minute I stretched. That's really weird. Yeah. Anyway, or maybe it's a mirror. <gasps> um, you want to take a break and get back into it? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. This sounds great, though. I honestly might I might ask for it for Christmas. This sounds wow. like a fun Christmas gift. Yeah. Especially in the really, winter. Because really I won't be able to jog outside because it's going to be so cold. Yeah. I don't know what these voices are. Let's take a break. I need to get a glass of water or something. Sounds good. Goodbye, everyone. Okay, see ya. Brendan, we're inside the break. I always like when we say that because it implies that like, I always picture that as if we're in the weird realm where you recruit pawns in Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> you know, like, hello, Brendan. 
I have something weirdly off topic that I'm not confident will be a full segment. Hello, Arisen. Um, Hello, Arisen. But yes. I wanted to bring something up because I think it's a good it's a good thing to talk about after last week talking about um, all the Fallout games and uh, uh, Outer Worlds and just sort of like the the conversation about role playing within RPGs mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but long story short, I am very happy to announce that I am, as the DM, finishing a three-year-long campaign this week. Um, For Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, yes. To be clear, uh, I yes. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> to no one's surprise, I play D&D, and I, uh, I DM this campaign that I've been running with a few friends back in Jersey and New York. If you're listening, you know who you are. But uh, as I said, as if they're guilty of something. Anyway. <laughs> Um, They're guilty of playing Dungeons and Dragons with you for three years, I guess. I, I've I've mentioned in passing that like I'm familiar with D and D and all that. My experience with D and D is kind of interesting because I've been mostly a DM. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know, that's the dungeon master. Uh, but it's basically the person who you're smiling ear to ear. I wish like I love the name, but there could be a more casual way to to say that because it's not as intense as it sounds, yeah. but. It can be. Um, anyway, so um, I played D&D for the first time in 2012, like towards the end of college uh, or middle of college. And uh, I enjoyed it. I played as a Warforged cleric, tying a ring fit. My friend who I was playing with was doing P90X at the time, that workout routine. Yeah, like right, right. Celebrities do. So I named my character P90X because Warforges are like medieval robots and I mm-hmm. wanted to sound like a robot. Yeah. Though they're less like, they're like Alphonse Ulrich robots where they're like suits of armor that have like souls in them. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So I was a Warforged cleric named P90X who had a Warforged dog named Sparks. That was my first D&D character. And it was fun. Uh, we were playing in 4th edition. Um, have you ever played 4th edition? No, I've only played 5th. Okay. So 4th edition edition kind of gets dunked on a lot ultimately i'm i'm a believer that a dnd group is basically mostly defined by the dm and the group like the yeah. system you're running on is really just there to like give you a skeleton or a framework fourth edition feels like it was one dm's very specific idea of what dnd should be mm-hmm. it's often referred to as dnd the gathering because like every possible character has like eight limit breaks and like <laughs> it just it just like w- what i really like about uh fifth and uh other editions is that like they leave some room to breathe so people can be creative and like how they accomplish certain goals and fourth felt like it was crafted entirely about the combat and about like having all your abilities be some type of combat ability right there's something to be said for something that's just oddly specific that can like take organic shape in the moment like spells that just make a character glow a certain color that doesn't really do anything, but it could maybe like in a very specific moment change everything. Right. Yeah, um, totally. So and I love making items that like just do random stuff like that, that like somehow the people in my group will find a very thematic moment to use. Like uh, there's a very Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz S character in the campaign who's like a warlock that has like devil butlers like running around. And uh, he gave them a cigar that if you smoke it, it you're immune to fear for a minute. So like <laughs> uh, one of the characters, Good. you know, said something to like the final enemy of the campaign and it didn't go well. And he like smoked the cigar and went, so be it. Like after a fear cast, a uh, fear spell was cast. This sound, this is the nerdiest segment I've ever done in my life. But like those types of moments, I think are what make D and D so special. When there are things that are not planned by anyone mm-hmm. that suddenly happen and feel like that was exactly what should have happened. Right. The, that kind of spontaneity, um, and that's what I think games like Outer Worlds are 
are written to encourage, to make you feel like your spur of the moment decisions are actually part of the main story. Yeah. So I'm just really excited that like, also like with that group of friends, like it's been the way we've kept in touch. We've, we've gone months without playing and then we'll pick it up again. I would say on average, we play like once a month, which is why it's taken so many years, but it's finally ending. And uh, I just, I bring it up because I think that there's a lot of connections to the games I like. And I think the campaign that I like running, I was touching on my experience earlier. I enjoyed uh, playing as a character uh, as P90X, and then later I was playing a campaign in 3.5 as this barbarian. But after the second campaign, I was like, I want to, I want to make the a campaign that I would want to play. Basically, like I want to make it like my vibe. Right. Yeah. Um. So my whole thing is like I love making a world that's like very colorful and interesting, like a Wind Waker or like a Breath of the Wild, where there's like a lot of goofy characters and like mm-hmm. you know th- that's just sort of the kind of worlds I gravitate towards. But the stakes are very high, and the world itself can be a dangerous place and i think that that's so effective because i think so many like rpgs are about saving the world or whatever but you don't really know what that is but if you're given organic moments where like your character who you're playing how you want them to makes actual connections with characters that may not have even been planned to be important suddenly it feels like there are real stakes and that's something that i really look for in games and and that are that are really that type of like, oh, I made this organic connection. That's what I'm fighting for. So evident in games like Three Houses, like Mass Effect. I was just about to say Three Houses, um, which I think yeah. we now contractually have to bring up every episode. <laughs> I, I can right. never, I will never ever stop thinking about all of my endings in that game feeling so thematically appropriate yeah. that it was weird that people could not get those endings. And you know, for my campaign, I'm writing an epilogue for like everyone they've met. Yeah, you know. Exactly. So like, I just I treat that campaign almost like a supercut of just like our. RPGs I love so I just wanted to like kind of not brag but like I'm just so happy that like we've committed to that campaign as long as we have in the face of all our schedules and it's finally concluding and we're going to get that catharsis yeah um, so what's next not playing D for a while That's probably <laughs> a good move. um no i mean I, so a lot of the people in that group want to dm now which is really cool i'm definitely gonna take a break from dming because it's kind of like being a drummer like you're just <laughs> like you have to you know every like there are a lot of friends of mine who want to play D and want to play with me which is very flattering but like i it's a lot of work like even to do like a one-off oh yeah totally know? and like the way i write it i i I try to make it as loose as I can because I want it to feel organic. But there's still like, I want there to be a solid groundwork so it doesn't feel too ethereal. There's a balance there. Yeah. And what I love is that 5th edition is what I would highly recommend anyone play. Uh, And there's a, I've mentioned this I think in passing, but there's a preface to the whole player's handbook where they're like, um, they have written, it just says, use these rules as they benefit your campaign. Like don't follow all of them. Uh, if you don't want to like use the ones that like give certain things weight. So it's like, like we don't worry about food at all in this campaign. Like I don't care if you're hungry, Yeah. but there is rest and there is like, you know, other things they have to keep in mind. Uh, And that's something I think we brought up with red dead too. We're like, it's as if red dead Two followed every rule and it gets in the way of itself. (laughs) Right. At the same time, you don't want it to feel so inconsequential that like nothing matters. And you're just like a group of people talking. So like, yeah, you want to know what's at stake. And I think that's so important. And I bring that up because I would, highly recommend anyone who likes rpgs um if you haven't played D, like find a group of friends 
it's tough to find a group that all want the same thing and that have like a schedule open to it but like it's a really beautiful experience and running a game is not that difficult uh you know run it the way you want it to go and it's sort of like a thing you'll just kind of make up as you go that's the way i approach it i have not ever like spent a night reading through an entire handbook to like you know craft everything <laughs> you might want to do that that right. might be fun yeah. but like I think that I kind of like the world being defined as we go. Because I think if I go in with too concrete of an idea of what it's going to be, then the players don't think like it's theirs. You know, mm. it's a collaborative story. If it's too much me, they're just going to be cool. Like you had this all planned, you know, don't get me wrong. There are things I have planned a while in advance, but it's always in reaction to what they're doing. So yeah. um, I think there's, there's kind of like a daunting factor because it's <laughs> called Dungeon Master, which is like, it needs to have a new name, but I would highly recommend if anyone who likes RPGs hasn't played D&D &D, uh, that you find a group and do it because it's a great experience. Yeah, I, I think it, it is a little bit daunting even to sit down for the first time and play Dungeons and Dragons for anyone who hasn't done it. Um, it definitely like takes a not insignificant amount of prep work, I think, for the first time. And like, I sure. think just the understanding that like nobody knows all the rules. You won't even know which rules you will care about until later anyway. Like, yeah, just sit down and do the most basic like right out of the book thing for your first like session or two. And by the time you're done, depending on how long those sessions take, you will have a full understanding of at least what you find fun in that. And then the next time you can lean into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And strip uh, out the rest. Exactly right. Um, it's interesting to see what characters are like created with the intention of and then what they end up. Like there's a uh, half worker named Saad in our campaign mm -hmm. uh, who's one of the player characters. And he like had full intentions of him being kind of like an edgy neutral dude. And he's just like a big dad, basically. That's great. <laughs> he's just like has, has a family is like the soft most soft-hearted character in the group yeah that's awesome um so yeah it's just like uh you're right there is there is that level of like you know getting through that first session but i think that it's at least what i like it to be it's a lot more uh performative than like board game adjacent this is the way i like it to be yeah and it really highlights like what i look for in games that are inspired by it you can kind of learn like about yourself playing it like what kind of characters do you tend to embody and like what do you look for in an rpg yeah it's a great time i i think it's i was like didn't ever really know what it was until i played it like i didn't truly understand like what it meant to play it um, yeah and i think it's just like a very fun and social and like creatively fulfilling way to spend time together it really um, is yeah so it's so fun i just wanted to i wanted to highlight my love for it and also kind of like say that i'm finishing this giant campaign finally <laughs> yeah so uh yeah dungeons I and think dragons I might, dungeon dragons uh i might want to play in someone's game eventually although honestly to be completely frank i am happy that that one day a month is just going to open up again so i can just kind of play death stranding so i can play death stranding <laughs> and then write a campaign that's similar okay cool so a whale has shown up um anyway uh, uh yeah roll yeah, to so hold the that. left strap of your backpack <laughs> the thing i make the group do a lot is roll for high fives it's been like a constant oh i love that game. uh and there'll be different stats depending on what the high fives intention is that's really so, good yeah so that's that's the vibe of my campaigns um yeah just wanted to share that i know we have uh i've seen some D, &D discussion in the discord and like i'm sure we have folks listening who are who are fans so uh but if you're not i i think that it's 
I'd recommend checking it out. Because uh, I think it just has like a, a lot of the artwork is like weird 80s dude notebook drawings. It's oh, like, yeah. Uh, like, Absolutely. <laughs> there's a lot about the brand that's like inherently off-putting, but like it's there to make it your own. Like it could be anything you want it to be. Uh, and that's what I wish was more broadcasted than like, you know, this sort of standard fantasy stuff. Um, yeah, agreed. And yeah, also you don't so. have to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like there are a lot of other role playing games that are similar that yeah. have easier mechanics or different mechanics or different vibes entirely. There's so many. I played one uh, recently with some friends called Masks, which was uh, like a teenage superheroes in high school kind of thing, kind of like My Hero Academia in a way that was just so, so thrilling and wonderful and like a cool thing to be able to build a superhero as like a teenager and know like okay this is like this is their power set now but you know by the time they're done going through high school they might be you know superman or something it was it's really fun there are just so many different avenues you can take um and i highly recommend trying literally any of them because once you start you will find that you don't want to stop i played one uh one-off campaign uh with some friends i was just a player for this one uh my character is named rufus regis um but (laughs) uh the more importantly the system is called beyond the wall and other adventures that might be a really good one to start with because you it's all d10s uh which are you know 10-sided dice and um you roll to determine the character's backstory and that informs their that's cool their stats as well so it might be like you grew up getting into fights a lot so you have like increased constitution Mm. um and from what i know of the vibe of like that world it's it's much more low fantasy so like fantastical creatures are much rarer but they do exist Mm. um i don't know much about that but i like i like how the character uh creation works um uh it's really really interesting and there's also something that like you might roll for something where it's like you share this with another character where like you saw like if we were playing together i might in making my character roll a d10 it's like you saw brendan's character at a young age being rejected by their first crush and like you you comforted them in the woods after Mm. or something so like then that influences our stats and i love that connection like i love when like someone's uh and it it takes the pressure off too if you if you're someone who feels too pressured to like create an entire character in one setting like it kind of sets you up to role play something that is sort of randomized in that way. So I'd recommend checking out that if you if that sounds interesting to you. Yeah, that does sound interesting. To me, Stephen. I just I guess w- the first time I played it, I was just I was very blown away by how much more theater arts related it was than like <laughs> yeah. numbers. Uh so obviously Same. I loved it. Cool. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh, unless you have anything to add to it. No, no, I don't. Um, outside of just go try it sometime if you haven't. Yeah, for sure. And also let us know if there are any other uh, cool systems that you use. I would love to hear more about that, especially now that I'm finishing a fifth edition campaign. Yeah. Checking out other systems would be would be dope. So Cool. Cool. Uh, that was quite a break. Goodbye. Goodbye. Brendan. Steven. Hey. We are back. Um, so for this next segment, I want to set it up a little bit. Um, for my next trick. For my... <laughs> Hey, ladies and germs. I hope you're having a good night. Uh, Good Lord. Anyway, um, so uh, I feel like the conceit of the show has always been we talk about games we like, games we've been playing. Um, Mm -hmm. And lately, because there's so much exciting stuff coming out, we've kind of been beholden to a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to remind uh, in this brief kind of free episode we have before it's Pokemon Death Stranding. Before the gauntlet, yeah. Before the gauntlet of current media. I wanted to talk about an old game that I really like that's kind of strange that some people don't like. And I wanted to talk about Chrono Cross. 
Because, you know, the SEO for Chrono Cross <gasps> is just off the charts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I started playing Chrono Cross again. Uh, I actually, this sort of started as a joke because, like, you and I were talking about what we're playing and, like, we were both kind of trying to catch up, basically. Yeah. And I reminded you and myself, like, we could talk about anything we want. Like, we don't have to talk about what's new. Like, we're not a review site. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, right. We do that because we're genuinely interested in what's coming out. But, like... Yeah, it just so happens that we've been genuinely interested in most of the stuff that's come out recently. But yeah. that's not always the case. Right, right. Um, we didn't... We're not talking about Luigi's Mansion, if you haven't noticed. Uh, no shade on, on Luigi and his new mansion. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it's it great. great. It seems like a lovely yeah. place to live, yeah. I, but we're not beholden to getting that and talking about it, is what I'm right. trying to say. You know? Yes, exactly. And I said... Kind of as a joke, I was like, I mean, I could talk about Chrono Cross next week if I want. And then I was like, oh, I do want to talk about Chrono Cross. <laughs> I do want. <laughs> yeah. um, so Chrono Cross is a game for PlayStation 1 that came out in 1999. Um, that is the sequel, in heavy quotes, to Chrono Trigger. Um, heavy quotes. Okay. Yeah. So I say that because Chrono Trigger, uh, for those who don't know, is is like kind of objectively the like gold standard for classic JRPGs. Um, yeah. It was worked on by the guy who is like the key game developer for Dragon Quest, your favorite. Um, mm-hmm. It was composed uh, both by uh, Nobuo Uematsu, who does like all the Final Fantasy soundtracks, as well as um, Yasunori Mitsuda, um, who then went on to do all of Chrono Cross's soundtrack, um, which I'll talk about extensively. Um, And Akira Toriyama did the art for Chrono Trigger. So like, it was this kind of lightning striking of talent. And the game that came out of that is just unbelievably good. I would still say if you haven't played Chrono Trigger to play it, it is by all means that era of, of RPG. So like there's a very kind of tongue in cheek toned everything. It's a very light and colorful world. Um, yeah. uh, the art style Akira Toriyama is on full display. Like Chrono, it looks a lot like <laughs> anyone in DBZ, um, but there's some really cool designs like frog and robo and, the whole cast is just so lovable and i think what works really well in chrono trigger is that it starts off like so lighthearted, and then uh pretty early on into the game like it begins with uh <laughs> it's worth it's worth touching on the plot of chrono trigger a little bit before i get into chrono cross um chrono trigger begins with like there's a party in town and your friend has invented a time machine and like no right. one no one is like dealing with the like mor- moral and like philosophical repercussions of that they're like oh cool we should try it out at the state fair uh so <laughs> there's this fair um where you bump into this girl Marley right. who like you go around the fair with and then you go into Luca's uh your friend Luca her time machine and it takes you to the middle ages um and suddenly Marley disappears um and you're like oh shit what happened you find out that the queen uh so you're in the same town but like in the mid- medieval times and the queen is like one of her one of her ancestors and there are these weird goblins yeah. that have kidnapped the queen so because time has been thrown off if they don't save the queen, Marley will cease to exist. Mm. Uh, so they kind of explain the rules of time travel right away. Yeah, um, that's cool. So you meet a Shakespearean speaking frog and you save the day. And like, even though the stakes are high, like your friend could cease to exist. It's still kind of, it's still kind of like lightly toned, I guess. Um, like, you know, she's probably going to be okay. Like you just met her. So, after that, everyone was like, wow, that was so much fun. We have to use the time machine again. Uh, so then you go into the future and it's literally Fallout 3. Like 
The really? music okay. is atonal. It's like raining garbage and it's a total wasteland. And everyone lives in these like underground bunkers. And uh, you watch like there's a in one of the bunkers, there's recordings of the past. And you see that in 1999, I believe <laughs> uh, this giant parasitic looking alien called lavos destroyed society as we know it oh Um, and like everything went to shit very watchman adjacent yeah a little bit it actually kind of oddly looks like the the squid it has that Mm. sort of uh it doesn't have a big eye but it has like a weird beak it's very like almost cancerous looking yeah Uh, like a tumor or something very scary honestly uh so like oh that completely changes the game's tone so the party then decides like, well, if we were able to change history to make sure Marley was okay, we can change history to make sure that this never happens and save the future. Cool. So the rest of the game is you traveling to different eras of time to save the future, basically. So, uh, and you get a companion from every stage. So you meet uh, Ayla, who is this like really strong cave woman from prehistoric times. Uh, you meet Robo from the future, who's obviously my favorite, along with Marley and Luca and Frog. Um, and it's just like, it is the definition of like a really just like quintessential adventure story that does time travel, I think better than a lot of stories do because mm. they don't waste too much time with like the rules, but they just know like, okay, like you can change the future if you change the past and like right. you have uh, the ability to travel through time. There's also this weird area of like, I think it's called like at the end of time, there's a dude in a top hat with a cane who sits like under this like street lamp so that game is just like from start to finish great it's also not that long uh, by comparison to other rpgs like it it's like a 20 hour game depending on oh, how you play it i had no idea um, yeah so i would say we actually talked about this in the discord a bit but um the super nintendo version is the way to go but it is hard to find and not everyone has a super nintendo lying around i would say if you have a 3ds get the ds port it's great the only thing that's different is that the translation's a little different. Like, Frog isn't Shakespearean anymore, which, like, you know, take what you can get. And they renamed some of the items, but otherwise it's a great port. The only one I would say to not play is the PlayStation 1 port. It's, like, oddly... I don't know what went wrong, but, like, the loading times in between battles are, like, it just it's just rough. Like, I, I'm not super critical of ports. I'm usually like, oh, cool, I have this on this thing, great. But that's one that I would avoid. Um, yeah. So Chrono Trigger, I would love to do a bonus episode maybe one day about it. It's like one of my favorite games. I think it's as close to perfect as this type of game is like of that era of games. Like it's so representative of like that era alongside Final Fantasy VI and like Earthbound. Like those three are like the golden standard for for classic RPGs. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot of hype for the sequel, Chrono Cross, uh, which came out in 1999 for PlayStation One. I played Chrono when Cross squid came. when the Squid came. I played Chrono Cross first, so maybe this is why I'm a little bit less uh, harsh fuck, on this Steven? game. What the fuck? You played Cross first, and I think less harsh. Did people not like it? People liked it, but hardcore fans of Trigger who wanted more of that were a little bit less into it because it is very different. And the reason I thought it was worth talking about is sort of talking about what. What goes into a good sequel um yeah. you know and and what do people truly want and like what will the test of time kind of show for it so colonel cross uh i will say the things that stand out about it one it's no longer akira toyama's art um different artists i think it looks great but you know the art style is very different it's a little bit more i want to say realistic it's still like very much rooted in kind of like a 90s anime style but like they're not as like they're more proportionate to the human body um uh, at least just by by contrast and 
the plot is for most of the game completely separate from trigger like there are almost no characters that come back and it's all about parallel dimensions so as well chrono trigger was all about time travel and kind of like this sort of like almost spielberg-esque adventure story of like saving the day against supernatural threats with your friends Um, Chrono Cross is about this young man who, when he was seven, almost drowned. Um, he lives in the, he has like this kind of carefree life on this beach town. And when he was seven, he almost died, but he was saved. And he has since gone on to live like pretty normal fantasy RPG childhood. Uh, and the quest begins with you just like hanging out in your town. The village elder explains the rules of combat to you if you want. And like, I will say like, the thing that's objectively great about this game that everyone loves is the soundtrack. It's on Spotify. One of the best game soundtracks I think ever made. It is so good. It really does make the game what it is. Uh, and I think even separate of the game. And the reason I think I wanted to talk about D&D is I use a lot of this game's soundtrack in my campaign. Oh, really? Um, so like I have an especial affinity for it. But even just in the context of the game, I think it really works. It's a very nautical game. Like it's very uh, like Wind Waker. There's a lot of different islands and stuff. So it, I, I love that. I don't know what it is is but i just love that in a fantasy game like having that like beach towns and like uh most of the world is water it just i don't know just i'm surprised you didn't start with tressa in octopath i was surprised either i went with uh with primrose the primrose, dancer right yeah um but i was between the two shout um, out to our first episode of this podcast it was yeah cut. anyway if you want to hear our our hot takes on octopath uh rewind time travel back in time to the medieval ages <laughs> here i say but yeah so Basically, uh, the adventure begins like any RPG with doing chores. Uh, so you have to, uh, your girlfriend wants a necklace made of these like reptile scales. <laughs> so you go to get that. Uh, mm-hmm. You go to the beach to hunt these lizards. Uh, and then on the beach, you have this conversation with her where she's kind of talking about your future together and what could happen. Um, and then you're hit by a wave and you wake up and she's not there and you go back, you make your way back to the town. Everything's like a little different. Like for example, when you hunted the lizards to make the necklace, you had to kind of like trap them in different ways. And when you go back to town through this area, they're like trying to trap you and like, oh. it's like everything's like a little different. Uh, and then you get back to the town and you go to talk to Lena, uh, your girlfriend, and she's like, who are you? Give me a second. I'm like watching these two kids. Uh, and then she tells you that you say like, I'm the main character's name is Serge. Uh, he's like, or Sergey, maybe um, it's S E R G E. So you're like, I, I'm your partner. I've known you since I was a kid. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know who you are, but that kid died seven years ago. Like, this is not Whoa. funny. He drowned. And like, I think about him, like we were really close and I wonder maybe where we would be now, but like, fuck off. That's not funny. So wow. you find out that you were in an alternate reality where you actually did drown seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and quickly the authorities, of the world, the Acacia Dragoons, which is like my favorite thing. Yeah. Good uh, name. Who, who worship the uh the dragon gods that all embody different elements so you see why i like this they are ghost hunting they hear about you from their higher up that the boy who drowned seven years ago is somehow appearing and like everyone is after you suddenly so the plot goes from there honestly this is one of like i know like (laughs) a lot of rpgs like this go off the rails in the last act 
Mm-hmm. This is a game that goes off the rails more than anything else I've seen in my life. Like the last, the last act of this game is so bananas that like it will might t- it might take you out of it. But what I really like is the exploration of parallel universes as a result of time travel. The idea that like everyone you meet, like you meet this artist who in one and you eventually get the ability to travel between what they call home world and another world. And like everything is different between the two. So at one point, uh, a main character gets sick and may die. But the only ingredient to cure them is this part that you can't find in one dimension, but that animal is still alive in the other. So you travel to that (laughs) dimension to find it. And what's really great is like the attention to detail of what characters even characters that are outside of your party are up to is really, really cool to see. Like I was mentioning earlier, there's a kid who's an artist whose dad's an artist. And in one reality, they like live kind of in poverty and their house is full of paintings and the kids like my dad won't ever share these. He's too precious with his art. And like, it's amazing. Like we could live like Kings if we wanted to, but like he won't share it. And yeah. in the other dimension, they live in a mansion and he's this like famous artist, but he's never home. And the kid's like, my dad's a total sellout. Like I never see him. Mm. Um, and what's crazy about this game that I love is that you're, you have a party of three throughout the whole game, but you can recruit like over 40 characters. Like Everyone who has like a name and a face That's will just wild. end up joining your party. Uh, and depending on what, like there are some routes you can take, like, um, Pretty early on, you have to sneak into the Dragoon Manor, and you can choose to either just storm the gates with this dude named Pierre, who's kind of a Don Quixote character who like is really bad but thinks he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to fight these two guards who are recurring enemies that are kind of like R2-D2 and C-3PO. Their names are Salt and Pepper, and their catchphrase is Let's Shake It, which is like, that's the kind of stuff that only really exists in this era of games. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Like, <laughs> they have a third henchman named Ketchup. It's like, what is this? Um... <laughs> And the variety of characters you can recruit are like truly all over the place for better or for worse. But that does lead to the game never really making a lot of the characters feel truly important. You only really get a focus on like a handful of them. But it's the idea that that option is available to you is really interesting. Um, yeah. That and is I think really wild. The the combat is really interesting too because it's it's you can re- give elements to everyone that's kind of like materia where they're all like different kind of spells and they're sort of like Pokemon. They're like elemental weaknesses and and I won't get too into that because like truly cannot be more boring if you don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> the way the combat works is that like you can do a weak attack that's really accurate, a strong attack that's like kind of in the middle, and a fierce attack that's like the most powerful but the least percentage of hitting, and it shows you the percent of chances to hit Mm -hmm. and the more attacks you land the higher level of magic you can use which is really interesting that you have to like get in enough hits to use spells i think it's a cool battle system i I think it's also completely turn-based which like i like either to be like real time or completely turn-based so i can kind of form a strategy around it so I don't know. I, I I would think in in terms of older RPGs like this, I think it has one of the better combat systems. So that between that and the music, and honestly, like the graphics are are a little dated because it's a 1999 game for PlayStation One. But the environments and the world and the design of a lot of the characters and the enemies is like really really cool. And similar to you with Dragon Quest, whenever I revisit this game, I just find myself taken away by the world itself more than yeah. the a plot and more than even the combat. Just like the music and the world and like meeting these weird dragons. Uh, One of them has like, you know, uh, I think this game was localized in a way where like every character has some kind of thick accent. So like 
One of the main characters is this Australian thief named Kid who has like an over-the-top Australian accent and everything is written in the dialect. So like it kind of embodies old school Fire Emblem in that way where like every character has their shtick. Um, yeah. Independent of the accent, everyone has like a phrase or some kind of like thing they say, uh, which is interesting. But yeah, like there's a character who like says like, hey, don't you think? And like everything is that. Like it's mm. almost like this weird kind of... You know? yeah uh, fargo-esque kind of thing yeah um so the, i mean the game has plenty of stuff to get over and like i get why people who love the trigger might have not been into this because it's so it might as well be a different game yeah it's really only loosely connected and then at the very end they suddenly say like oh the events of chrono trigger matter and here's why and having played cross first i was like what the fuck like, <laughs> at, at one point someone's like by the way there are a bunch of kids that travel through time to fight an alien and, and you know and, and here's where we are now um and i was like wow okay but i don't know i think if if anyone listening is a fan of older rpgs and missed this one i would say to check it out um i think it has a very interesting vibe to it and if nothing else the soundtrack is just incredible but this was also kind of a formative experience for young steven um it is such a weird game it has kind of a very goofy sense of humor for most yeah. of it and i just loved like this and ff7 kind of showcased to me like what fantasy could mean like mm-hmm. i could have yeah. i could have like you know there you could have a party in this game that's like literally like an like a stereotypical alien with like a space bubble helmet and like a laser gun and a baby dragon like that's an option um there's a giant voodoo doll there's a a, a, there's a dog that you meet in the beginning like it's ridiculous like it is so uh and that's again it's almost like they like what can we do opposite of chrono trigger where we have like eight very well defined characters let's just put 40 in uh there's one point i want to spoil it because i think this is honestly a selling point of the game and it's also chrono cross i don't think anyone's going to be mad at me but uh halfway through the game you switch bodies with the main antagonist um and you have to like deal with the repercussions of that while he is like being evil as you that's where the game gets really cool and really interesting um before like it goes really out there to the detriment of the story (laughs) um (laughs) but when you're the bad guy you end up recruiting a lot of characters that were previously villains um and the moment you switch bodies you wake up in a world that is in a painting and you have a companion that can morph themselves into enemies you find so it's like it's just such a weird game and they like go all out it feels very ambitious and i think it's worth examining in terms of like i don't think it's entirely successful at all but i think that it was a sequel where they could have easily made chrono trigger 2 and just did more of that like yeah oh you have to time travel again but they chose to do something completely different and really try to do like the most ambitious game they probably could have at that time right and i think it pays off for the most part i think it does a lot of really interesting things that i'd love to see games continue utilizing um the the huge cast of characters being one of them uh the soundtrack being such like a main determining force of like mood for the scene and just having a world that does have, like I said before, the a world that has high stakes that, but that is inherently kind of goofy and colorful. So when things do get serious, we feel way more invested because we like actually love this world. Yeah, we, absolutely. We, we have experienced yeah. it. I think that's what you feel at Dragon Quest where it's like, I am so charmed by this environment that like I care about what's happening independent of the like, truth be told, mediocre to bad writing you know mm-hmm. like you're not going to be impressed by the writing in chrono cross uh, at all right <laughs> if anything you might be like Ugh. but something about the game and something about like this really ambitious but imperfect sequel i kind of latch on to so i think it's worth checking out if you haven't and if you like that game i don't think anyone who is not familiar 
with older RPGs is going to play that and be like, oh, wow. But I think if you have a soft spot in your heart for the like old school Final Fantasies and and all that stuff, like definitely check out Chrono Cross if you haven't. Yeah. I want to put a bookmark in this topic, actually, and and either revisit it maybe in the newsletters because the next one's going to be the public one. So maybe that would be a cool place to continue it or or Discord or elsewhere, because I feel like there's so many games that fall under this bubble of of sequels that are extremely ambitious and like accomplish a lot. But like maybe didn't hit the same highs, at least in terms of reception, but like are still really worth examining. I feel like Bioshock 2 is a really great example of that. Uh, Infinite, obviously, because Infinite was like so 50 50 on how people felt about it when it came out. Um, But Bioshock 2 is the one that like nobody really talks about, but that I think has some like really interesting stuff going on. Yeah. And on Um, the flip side, you have like Majora's Mask, which like I think is the the closest parallel to the Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross thing, where at this point, Majora's Mask has a very strong following and people constantly kind of call it even better than Ocarina in some ways. No one's saying Chrono Cross is better than Chrono Trigger. No one, including me. But I think it's if you judge them as separate games, I think they both are spectacular RPGs. It's just like nothing tops Chrono Trigger in terms right. of that type of game. That's like the peak of the kind of old school RPG. Yeah. So, yeah, but I would love that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it was like the idea of an ambitious but imperfect sequel and like why that should be encouragement to tr- take risks in sequels and not play it safe. Um, yeah. Because I think most of the time, as time passes, people will appreciate those risks more than they will be put off by them. Um, yeah. Because you're outside of that immediate window, people just wanting more of the same. So, yeah, Chrono Cross. <laughs> uh, it exists, and it's there for you if you want it. It sure does, and it sure is. Cool. Uh, do you, do you want to wrap up? Yeah, I think I think maybe it's time. Uh, yeah, so uh, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, for all of you listening, uh, we really appreciate anyone who takes time to listen to the show. We have yes, a lot of fun doing you. it. Um, if you want to support the show, share it with a friend who also likes Chrono Cross and they might uh, like <laughs> listening to it. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, we have an account at Into the Cast. Yeah. We have a Twitch account where we stream sometimes when we're able to add Into the Cast. You can email us if you'd like, uh, into the Aether Podcast at gmail.com. Also, rating the show out of five stars on Apple Podcasts is a very uh, direct way to help the show grow we have a discord that's a lovely community uh you can join that link is in the show notes um we also have a patreon if you really want to support the show uh you can go to patreon.com slash into the cast and there are some perks you can get for supporting the show uh you get a shout out you get some uh episode art and you also get our newsletter uh but like brendan said the public issue uh basically every quarter we're going to re- release a public issue for everyone and that's coming out next month so yes but that being said i'm going to give a shout out to our patrons real quick yes thank you patrons Thank you very much to Akira, Andrew, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffinpie, Micah, Min, No Name, Philip, Scout, and Spencer. Thank you so much. Okay, man. Got oh, it. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I guess it does have similar meter, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I need I need you to speed that up next time, and then we can figure out a way to work that into the Pokemon rap. Um, but yeah, we're really excited for the rest of this month. This is sort of a... a I, I enjoyed this episode a lot, too. I was excited to talk about D&D and Chrono Cross, but yeah. everyone else is excited to talk about Pokemon and Death Stranding and, <laughs> you know... But I'm glad I'm glad you found that topic of sequel interesting. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to focus on. Uh, yeah, my, it's actually making me want to replay Hotline Miami 2 now. 
because mm, that yeah uh, i'll get into that some other time yeah but i just i also because I, I wanted to make us realize that we can kind of uh look back in in history a bit more you know we could play yeah. older stuff and talk about it because i think there's a lot to mine there but we, we are in like the oscar season equivalent of video games so we should definitely <laughs> talk about what's coming out yeah um yeah uh that's it anything else you want to add no I have nothing else I want to add. I'm very happy with this episode. Me too. Fun. I hope you I had, had a good so time, much listener. Fun. I had fun. Uh, yeah, uh, Chrono Cross soundtrack on Spotify. Cannot plug that enough. It's so yeah. Good. yeah. Play Ring Fit. Play D and D. Play Chrono Cross. <laughs> when I wake up, I do a few squats and then I recruit the radish character in Chrono Cross. <laughs> oh, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Uh, have a great day. Have a great week. Talk to you next time for Pokemon. <gasps> Dude, I'm so excited. Oh my! That was a legitimate gasp. That was like <laughs> 100% legitimate. Um, it's gonna be so anyway. good. See you then. Goodbye. Griki. <laughs> my friend uh, Sadie does Griki in a Scottish accent. I can't stop thinking about it. Griki. Okay. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.